welcome back everybody nice to see you again hey folks how's it going Ben and Lydia as usual and today we are joined from England by a lovely friend of mine called Sarah Tobin hi Sarah hi <laughs> so Sarah me and Sarah met at a mum talks event is it two years ago now yeah yeah I feel like older <laughs> you can just cross out 2020 though I think that's yeah. fine no, we, we've all aged a lot more this year, I think. It's so true, isn't it? Mm. Oh my gosh. Even just like physically, I think this is the first year that I actually physically feel older. Like when it, it was just my birthday. Um, yeah. And usually like birthdays come and you're like, well, I mean, 36, 37, it doesn't really mean anything. But this year, 38, I was like, oh, I feel 38 now. Like yeah. I feel Started growing out of you as you stand up from the chair sort of thing. Like, yeah, I was like, oh. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, anyway uh, we met at a Mom Talks event, which was a little kind of panel discussion thing um, that the Mom Talks people run here in Ireland, where they open the floor to different mums in business to talk about their experiences of running a business and being a mum. And other mums can come and listen. And it's a space that's open for people to bring their young babies and their kids. And there's no judgment when there's noise. And it's just a really beautiful facility for mums to be able to get out of the house in a way where they're not worrying, like if I have to breastfeed or bottle feed my baby or anything, that's all really feasible. And um, when we were on that panel discussion, there was three of us, I think, and I was in the middle. Um, and I remember giving my talk and then um, Sarah was after me and when Sarah chatted to me, Sarah started her chat, I was just like crying. <laughs> I'd managed to hold it together through my own one, but I think the whole of the room was just like amazed. And you were so, the thing that really struck me about you was that you were so poised um, and you were talking about stuff that was really challenging. Um, but you just had this way of staying really present and really poised. And the most powerful thing about it was that when you reached a point of feeling challenged, like your emotions were coming up for you in that moment, you actually stopped and did some tapping in the yes. middle of it to help yourself in real time. Oh, wow. And it was such a powerful testimonial for the people in the room, because not only were you showing, I really live the work that I do, mm. but also you were showing, you know what, it's okay for me to go, I'm struggling in this moment and I'm going to take the time to just be really authentically me and go this is what I need to do for me right now and then I'm going to carry on and that was I've never really seen someone yeah. at an event situation with a photographer and embody stuff, their practice, embody like, their practice yeah. like that and it was so powerful for me and it so was I think like I, it, it was the only thing I could do it was like I have to do something here to get me back in you know on track and my my emotion really surprised me so I was like inside going oh my god what are you doing and um I was like the only thing I know how to do to, to move forward is to just tap and breathe and and yeah it worked obviously so I was able to finish the conversation <laughs> that moment where you're talking and everyone's just waiting for you to talk and you're crying <laughs> you know it could have gone a different way and it didn't so for me it was instantly like okay I need to know how to do this I need to bring it into my life and I need to bring it into my son's life so yeah. I've been really excited to get you onto the podcast ever since and I guess maybe we could start with you telling us like have you always known about tapping have you done it since you were a kid or how did you know gosh it was really only down to the circumstance that we experienced that it was introduced to my life so for background for people um we lost our daughter Alice um, in 2014, so November 2014, we've just had her sixth birthday. Um, and 
obviously, you know, world shatters, rock bottom, never had a trauma like it, like proper heartbreak beyond belief, you know, completely shock out of the blue, etc. So I was most likely, and I was diagnosed actually, two to three years later, I was diagnosed with have having severe PTSD at the time, but I never got help. I never sought, I never went to the GP about it. Um, I was just kind of like muddling through and doing things the way I, I often do. And as I often, I often seek alternative help. So, you know, going back to my childhood and everything, my mom has always incorporated natural and holistic practices into our lives. So for me, going to the GP to tell him I was having flashbacks was like, well, what's the GP going to do about it? Like, I just didn't, it didn't register to me as an option. And luckily I was pregnant a couple of months later, actually about three to four months later, we got pregnant again, which was fantastic and took a really sense of the relief off me, you know, like, oh gosh, we can move forward now. But then also having the severe PTSD, the anxiety of the first 12 weeks, the anxiety then of knowing I was going to have to go through another birth of some description, that was all kind of starting to loom. And my sister recommended EFT to me and I hadn't heard about it. So she had apparently gone to an EFT uh, therapist, but had not mentioned it to me after she'd had a car crash because she was getting flashbacks. So I think it must have been the flashback element of what I was experiencing that drove her to recommend it to me so I just did a google of a, like a local EFT lady and Kate Mara like, like she's absolutely fantastic she had a package of six sessions which is kind of a pre-birth package so I could do like four four or five sessions before the Casper's birth and then I saved one or two for after and I went into that first session you know I was probably about five months pregnant at that point um and gosh, it was, you know, it really has been life changing. Just that instant release that you really feel to the core, not just kind of a, it's a different kind of cry. I don't know if you've ever had like a, a very healing cry versus just a, a normal cry. Mm. It was a very therapeutic, deep to the core cry, you know, like deep in the heart. You could almost feel yourself kind of coming back together a little bit afterwards. Um, and so we just worked through the loss, the trauma, the birth um, over those coming, those next few sessions. And then, you know, it was in my life then. So I kind of picked up the tool as we went through the sessions, but then she had a book. So I've got her book and I just started to YouTube some tapping videos and started to do it a little bit in my life. Now, I don't think I did it very often, but over time, then it started to become a tool I would rely on a bit more and a bit more. And then I had my um third baby my second son Josh and I was I really felt so for Casper just to go back a little bit I had a planned c-section for Josh I was like I think I could do a, a vaginal birth after cesarean a v-back and I was like really kind of thinking I could I can do this and so I went back to my therapist I had another session I did more releasing on the actual disappointment of the birth side of things, not the loss of Alice, but the birth part of it, which we hadn't looked at before. And then we did some, some future kind of visualization imprinting work around Josh's birth. And I tapped through his labor. I tapped, you know, through the whole thing. And especially right at the end when I was giving that last, those last few pushes, I was literally just deep breathing and tapping the points. My husband had his finger on the acupressure points on the lo lower part of my spine on either side. And it was just fantastic. The whole labor was exactly as I had envisaged. And 
it was wonderful. So after that, I was like, oh my God, I, I, I knew I was guinea pigging the, the therapy for the labor and the pregnancy and stuff. I knew in my head, I was like, right, I'm going to see if I can do this to see if it works and everything. And then I was like, okay, so five months after Josh was born, I did my training. Um, and it was like a five day training course, the so EFT plus matrix screen printing. And that's where you can use mate, um, tapping on memories. So it's really good for traumas big and small um, and really far back in the memory bank right through to kind of recent. So I was able to do that. And then I went on to do birth matrix reimprinting. So really looking at kind of the birth trauma aspect of so for moms if who was suffering from birth trauma, how to help heal and release that because there's so many emotions. I know you're probably going to talk about it anyway, but there's so many emotions that we hold because of um, a negative birth experience. A lot of it can be guilt and shame and disappointment and grief and sadness. And we can just hold that unconsciously, you know, because everyone says, oh, you know, you're great. You your baby's healthy. You're healthy. You know, bar a few stitches or whatever. You're grand. Get on with it now. But you're still in physical shock from that birth process. And baby might even be in shock, you know, depending on how it went. So both of you are just like, in freeze mode you know what what do we what do I do now so um anyway I really wanted to be able to support women through that and help release those emotions because that's what help leads to you know not able to bond post-traumatic stress even PTSD um all those stuff which I have experienced from my various you know births and everything and then also very lucky to have a very nice uh untraumatic birth at the end so I really have gone through the kind of all stages of the the birth process yeah. yeah and so would you say like you seem like a woman who's very in touch with her emotions and very able to like verbalize like you're cognitively aware of where your body's at obviously and I think one of the problems and we talk about it a lot is the disconnection between the mind and body that people have these days did you develop this connection apropos what happened with Alice or were you yeah. did you have this kind of like in you are, are you do you just feel like you're just kind of like arriving into the thing that you always were or is this kind of a very new version of you this is a very this is a new version of me because okay. um I did suffer in my childhood from anxiety depression I was in um therapy from the age of seven and it all goes back to ancestral stuff now and I've you know I've now worked out what that all is and why it is and um and, you know, my mom had postnatal depression seven years after I was born. And, you know, lots of things impacted me at that time. I mean, my parents were great and had a great childhood, but there's little subtle things that have definitely shaped who I was. And having gone through the, the tapping training and doing much more work on myself and evolving and releasing and healing and all this stuff that I'm bringing into my life now, so I can learn tools to help other people, but it's also helping me first. I realized how anxious I was, how disconnected I was, how um, just unaware of my own emotions. Um, I was just riding the wave. I was riding the wave of, you know, trying to build a successful career, being busy all the time, having fun, traveling, you know, doing all that stuff. And it, you know, really deep down wasn't filling me up. And now that I've gone through this and I've, I'm much more in tune. I mean, thank you for saying those nice things about me, but I, I still feel I have very limited vocabulary around describing how I feel. Like, I feel like I've got like five emotions <laughs> rather than like 
the 30, 40, 50 emotions that we could all tap into. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think I have work there to do in terms of more attunement to my own self. But it's mm-hmm. definitely come on because what you do with the tapping itself, the first thing you do is tune into what you're feeling. So that is part of the process. You and and you also try and find a location for that emotion. So having never done that before, yes, it took a little while to get used to, but now it's so instantaneous. And I can also feel that shift as soon as the tapping kicks in and the, the work starts to happen in the brain, I can really feel it release from those locations. Does that make sense? I yeah. I went into tapping um oh god, I don't you know, maybe 15 years ago or something now when I I my dad died in a plane crash and I always had this fear of flying now in fairness I think I always had the fear of flying before but I had always before my dad died I'd I I'd had this reoccurring nightmare that he was going to die in a plane crash anyway so I think who knows about you know where that connection came from whether it was before or was after but I, I was left with a fear of flying and it had got to a stage where it had been really manageable for a number of years and then it got to a stage where I'd actually had to leave planes <laughs> like I'd left three planes oh. I'd got onto the plane and then on the runway if there had been any delay obviously if there isn't a delay you don't get a chance but if there was a delay I would panic myself into a place where I would go actually this is a sign this is a sign I, I just have to get off of yeah. that plane and I realized, A, that I didn't want my life to be limited by that fear because I love traveling. But also I knew that I wanted to be a mom at some stage. And I was like, I have to deal with this now because I absolutely don't want to not be able to travel with my son or to pass this fear onto my son. And so I went to see a lady who was really highly recommended, but I really didn't know anything about it before I went in. And like you, I've always grown yeah. up with a lot of different alternative therapies and reflexology and craniosacral and all these things. So I'm really open minded about it. But I do remember when I went in and we sat opposite each other and she was talking to me. Um, Sarah Bird, I don't know if you know her. No. Um, Sarah, she's brilliant. Um, she was saying, you know, so we're going to talk about the things or we're just going to tap different parts of your body. And I was thinking. I mean, it was a lot of money to go and see her, let's just say first. I was like, we're just going to sit here and I'm going to tap parts of my body. And then afterwards, I'm going to not be frightened of, like, my dad died in a plane crash. Like, that's not going to work. How could this work? How could it work? And even I remember, even when I was doing it, I was like, I'm going to do it. And I'm committed to it. And I paid the money and everything. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to really tap hard. But I was like, tapping, thinking, you know, and she was like, you know, you'll feel the emotions. And I was like, "Mm." I mean, I just feel nothing. And I went to the three sessions and even in each session, it was like interesting. It was kind of like doing therapy, but I didn't feel anything like profound at the time in each session. But at the end of the three sessions, I discovered that my fear of flying was completely gone. And when I went onto the plane the next time, I felt nothing. I didn't feel, I didn't get a panic attack like I normally would. I didn't get elevated heart rate. I still had the same mental things that lots of people would have about like, I'm in this flying tube that someone else is controlling them. It's not super relaxing, but it wasn't like in my body fear. Hmm. And it was such a profound thing for me because I realized, oh, hang on. A, it seems so little, but it does so much. And B, just for people listening, that it, it isn't always the case for everyone that they go in and they're immediately like, I feel, you know, I'm crying and I feel this yeah. release. I didn't feel anything. But the yeah. thing is, it still worked. It still worked. Exactly, this, yeah. That's a fascinating thing. And I wonder, could you maybe... If people are listening and they're like tapping, what do they even mean? Could yeah. you talk us through like 
what does the session look like? What exactly are you doing? What is the theory behind it? That kind of stuff. Yeah, I'll start with like how it works, basically, and, and what it is. So it is physically tapping. Now, because we're on video, we can actually have the luxury of showing that, which is cool. So it's mm. physically tapping. I'll tap on the points as I'm talking. So physically tapping like this, as you talk about the negative emotion that you're feeling or the negative experience, like my fear of flying okay, or my fear of spiders. So the whole idea is that you are connecting to that fear or that emotion while you're talking about it. And what it's doing is it's sending a signal to the brain, the core, the amygdala of the brain, which is the, is the fear center. Now the fear center, as soon as we have an experience that is traumatic or negative in any way, our fight, flight, freeze kicks in. So you may have talked about this before, but the, your parasympathetic nervous system kicks in to put you in fight, flight, freeze. And that means pumping cortisol and adrenaline. So they're the points, right? It's really simple. You just kind of tap those points repeatedly. Um, so your body is pumped now with cortisol and adrenaline to give you the energy and the like literally that speed of the power to run away or to fight or freeze. So the animalistic side of us wants to play dead in really traumatic experiences, which is, you know, the, the gazelle kind of falling on the ground, mm. pretending to be dead so the tiger wouldn't, or would leave them walk away, etc. And then they could run or give them a couple of seconds to escape. So that, and another thing also to add to that is fawning, which is people pleasing. That's another kind of safety strategy that we can do when we're in high alert, you know? Um, so when that happens, your cells, uh, have switched from relaxed regeneration recovery mode, which is, you know, optimal operation, you know, cells in normal everyday mode. Um, and they they flint flip a switch into the fight, flight, freeze, right? So they're starting to go, ah, all this adrenaline cortisol. And what the brain, the tapping does is sends a signal to the brain that manages the fear center that switches off the parasympathetic Ugh, parasympathetic response system which stops the cortisol and the adrenaline pumping around the body so you can it's a very instant feeling so from five minutes up to 10 minutes up to an hour you can have a very big drop in that cortisol and adrenaline levels and the latest research from march this year is a 43 percent drop in cortisol for an hour's tap, group tapping. So not even on wow. your necessarily specific issue, it could be just be group tapping, which would be more global, you know, everyone in the room type of scenario. scenario. Okay, wow, that's amazing. And so so like when you, the, the, the points that they're using, mm. they're meridians from traditional Chinese medicine? Yes, that's right, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and how did they establish those specific points? And um, what are those meridians related to, or do you know? The, the, the precursor to EFT back in so in the 1990s, Gary Craig is an NLP master, but also Stanford engineer. He took a therapy called thought field therapy, which used these points, but had different sequences for different problems. So if you came in with anxiety, you would have a head tap, an underarm tap, a, mi a middle finger tap, um, you know, and it was very complicated, very uh, difficult to learn because if you were as a practitioner having to come in and then have all these sequences of different tapping points um, and what Gary Craig did is he just tested a simple all of the tapping points for all of the 
potential issues that people were presenting with and they had exactly the same results if not better so every single point relates to different parts of the body um and the only one i can remember right now is the the, uh, the collarbone point relates to anxiety so this is just underneath the collarbone but it also relates to the kidney so every point has a kind of correlation just like reflexology would on the foot um and they, they they say that these are like the super junction of points so you know with acupuncture we would have tiny points all over the body but say for example these points that we use are kind of where there's uh like branching points. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so like a spaghetti junction so so more tapping here has more effects than say tapping a, a tiny little point on your wrist you know like like an acu um, sure. acupuncture point yeah yeah and, and so when you visited the therapist that you went to, uh, were they a psychiatrist, psychotherapist as well? Or were they like, what was their... No. And, and how did, how, why did you, when you found them, was it the same one your sister had gone to or did you go to... No, so she was back in Ireland and had seen some okay. in Ireland and I'm here in the UK. So I just found some local and no, her background, um, like her story was addiction and she came to find EFT because she was trying to break an addiction and... It worked so well for her that she then went on to train in it. So you don't actually need a background in psychology or, you know, that kind of thing. But it, it is interesting. When I did my um, training course here in Brighton back in two, two years ago, summer two years ago, there was about, say there's about 50 people on the course, 30 odd of them were NHS staff. And they were people who, some of them worked in the cancer area there was also people from Macmillan's so Macmillan cancer charity had funded people's training and there was psychologists and um, counselors healers therapists from all walks of life and a lot of them from the NHS who had become disillusioned with their own practice they weren't getting the results after I mean they were like talking 30 years of practice um you know I, I think I was the youngest person in the room nearly you know in terms of training um so i don't you don't need a background you don't really i mean when i you, you do the training you learn about the the links between the mind and the body um we study some like famous people like bruce lipton i'm not sure if you're a fan of his yeah, yeah and you know there's a lot of other influences brought into the into the the practice and um just the, the knowledge of mind body and spirit you know i like to bring spirit into it as well because we're not just mind and body that we're also soul you know mm. we're, we're a trio um so yeah and so we're in the middle of this podcast series it's pregnancy birth and beyond yeah. um so we're trying to cover all the different aspects that we can think of that people who find themselves pregnant or who have given birth and are looking to find support or to hear a story that's similar to their story or to seek help for a friend or something can come and have like a resource of things that they can reach for and that one thing might be approachable for them. And we really, what we really thought was, was nice is that for you, there's this really practical toolkit that people can have. And, and like a lot of the yoga stuff that I, I always talk about, once you know it, it's free. It's this toolkit that you carry around with you all mm -hmm. the time. You don't need a thing. You don't need a special space. It's just yeah, you. You don't need to book a session with somebody or whatever. Yeah, you've got it. Got it within you. Yeah, you've got it within you, and that's such an empowering thing. And I think it's especially important at this time of pregnancy and birth and afterwards, because we were talking on our last podcast a little bit about this. It can be a time 
or yeah, it just is for everyone, I think, a time of massive loss of control. And that can be really, really terrifying, no matter how chaotic you're comfortable being in your normal life, you still have to find a way to stand into your power and advocate for yourself. So could you talk a little bit into what are the applications in pregnancy that come up a lot for you? And also maybe specifically now what you're hearing in terms of fears that people are having and how they might use that and reach out to you? Yeah. My number one thing for pregnant women right now is to make, do everything possible to feel safe. So safety, Mm -hmm. lack of safety, lack of physical safety. So what, what makes fight, what kicks in the fight, flight, freeze, right? Lack of physical safety or lack of um, sense of self, threat to sense of self. So someone thinking you're not good enough, you know, you'll start to go, (gasps) you'll feel ill and stuff like that. The lack of physical safety is huge at the moment and this year prevalent in 2020 because we have a physical threat that is has never been felt on this scale before. So when we go into fight, flight, freeze, usually and, you know, originally we were only in it for a very short space of time. We were there in it to flee the tiger, right? Now we're in fight, flight, freeze chronically. We are constant state. And now media plays into this hugely. The government, the media, everything you're hearing around you in your world, your social media, your friendship groups, your WhatsApp groups, you're bombarded with fear. What is that doing for you and your body and your baby, right? So your baby actually adapts to the womb environment based on the stress levels of mum. So their babies are actually amazing, right? So if mum is in a heightened state of stress because she's in a, a bad relationship, for example, and is, you know, doesn't have, doesn't have that support or is, you know, struggling with um, loneliness or there's fighting, a lot of fighting going on, the baby will feel that um, environment and adapt itself because they know that's the environment I'm going to be brought into, right? So they will become more alert. They will become, they will engage more safety strategies they will be ready to ad- mm. to be born and to live in that environment. Take a mom who's a yoga teacher and a meditating teacher and a breathwork facilitator, right? So all total opposites um, scale. That baby is probably going to be doing regular, med- you know, feel good things because the mom is doing feel good things. So the hormones mm. of mom, the oxytocin and all the love emotions and, and feelings will then be, put into mom's belly and and mom's visualization and all her thought processes and everything will impact the baby. Now, that's a very extreme scale, obviously. Not many women are at that level where they're doing that kind of work every day, right? So taking kind of an an in-between scale. So you've got the world around you that's, that's traumatic and stressful, and you've got some tools that you know and you'd like to put into practice. And I suppose where tapping comes in it's using tapping to make yourself feel safe because what tapping does, it tells the brain you are safe. It literally tells the brain you're safe. You don't need to be in that mode. Get back to rest and regeneration, please. Mm-hmm. So the more you can make yourself feel safe from whatever tool, tools you have, the better you're going to be. So if it's turning off your notifications, deleting apps, stop watching the news, definitely not before bed, You know, an hour or two before bed, 
using high vibrational music or affirmations at nighttime to sleep, meditating, nice nature walks, tapping, all the things to relieve yourself of the stresses of life to really cocoon and and put yourself into a nice environment but obviously baby needs to be able to survive when it comes out so if things that happen they happen so if if something happens like say for example a work experience has put mom into a an anxious place you know that 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 can't be helped right so mom's you know this this experience has happened but what she can do is get back to ground zero or to neutral quickly so that's where tapping is amazing for because you, you you will have these experiences like life is not life is a roller coaster right so mm-hmm. we will always have difficult experiences but what tapping is is it, it, it's a resilience tool and it brings you back to base brings you back to zero much faster than any other tool that I have found because it's literally physically doing something to the part of the brain that manages the fear. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah so what I hear you saying is it's not necessarily about the traumas that we encounter. It's about how quickly we learn to recover from those yes. traumas. And tapping is the tool for that thing. It brings yes. us in that response. So yes, yeah, how can we let go? We're not taught as kids to let go. We're not taught as adults to let go. We harbor the past. We view the past as if it's the present in many ways, right? Mm. Or actually we sh- should let be able to let go because living in the present is the most important um, part of living, really. And I think that's becoming more and more aware, I think for a lot of people, isn't it, over the last mm. couple of years or so. The present moment is all that exists in reality the past is the past but we're just not taught how to actually disconnect from it or to to let it go and it doesn't invalidate the experiences part of tapping is going okay i'm really feeling anxious right now this is fear here it's coming up what is that fear telling me why am i feeling that fear is there something behind it you know is there a limiting belief running behind it you know i'm not good enough isn't is i'm not good enough the reason why I'm feeling this fear potentially and it's a go okay but I feel the fear I see you but I actually don't want you in my life anymore thank you very much and it's about just kind of removing it from the body and the physical and then the kind of the broader you know we are not just a physical body we have um, an energy body so the the tapping works to clear it from all levels of our body and I think you know you were talking about it's hard for us to let go of stuff and we're not taught as children but in, in some ways we are, but the things that we're taught are to let go of it mentally, right? Yeah. So we, yeah. we we work it through and like I would be really adept at this and it would have been a skill that I learned in my childhood of like mentally working my way through and going, right, well, I'm, you know, I've worked out A, B, C and D things and I don't need to be scared of them because the logic is telling me I don't yeah. need to or it's unlikely that I'm going to have another plane crash in my life. Odds are I probably won't. So I should just carry on. But whether it's left your body is a completely different thing, isn't it? And that yeah. that trauma can sit there for for not just your whole life, but for other lives as well. Right? Yes, exactly. It's it's the difference between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. So you're consciously trying to rationalize an experience and trying to convince yourself to let it go mentally. But your conscious mind is 5% operating power versus 95% of the subconscious mind. So if you're already running a fear, I'm going, you know, whatever that fear is, I'm going to lose something or I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, it's not safe to be seen, it's not safe to be heard, it's not safe to be me. 
these are like the top five things I work with people on. Um, then your your whole environment, your whole world um, is, is running. Your subconscious is running the show based on those beliefs, bringing more experiences to you that reaffirm those mm-hmm. beliefs, which make it's so much harder to let go of. And I'm like, it is all, this is all kind of reptilian brain stuff. Everyone has it. You know, this is not unique to any single person. This is how the brain works. And, you know, going up against, consciously going up against the 95%, you really have no, this is like climbing Mount Everest with no shoes on, right? (laughs) You don't have a chance. You really have to get into the subconscious. You really have to, to do the work there. And that's where the emotions are stored that, you know, that's where the body is holding on to what mm. is in the 95%. And that's where tapping comes in because it goes straight to the subconscious. It goes straight to the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, etc. And do you see, so, you know, let's say people have gone through their birthing process already. They've experienced that without the help of tapping. Mm. Those traumas maybe have laid down some patterns in themselves or their children. Maybe their relationships have suffered. Yeah. Like how how do you approach that like because obviously you know you can you can serve to move on from it but the things are there and the things I know you're saying the past is the past we move on from the past and and and, and actually like purge it and, and work through it physically yeah. but how much does the body really forget that past like is, is that really a plausible idea it will when you do the healing work okay. so when you have a trauma you it's like a, it, you you it's like a encapsulated bubble right so you've got this experience almost like a picture memory you know you know the the movie inside out it's like you're creating a bubble of this experience and in that experience is the the visual picture but also all of the emotional raw trauma is held in that bubble now when i do tapping work with people on past experience trauma what we're doing is we're going back to the bubble we're viewing it like a movie we're tapping on the emotion that has been held there and we're releasing, we're like opening up the bubble, letting all the emotion flow out, release, and closing back up the bubble. And then sometimes what we also do is we reframe that picture. So you're reframing the kind of pathways in the brain so that every time you recall that emotion or that picture, every time you recall the birth of your child, the raw, ener- the raw emotion's gone. And in fact, you might even have some warmer feelings towards it because we've, we've repainted the picture a little bit. Okay, yeah. You're not, you're not like rewriting it so that it didn't happen, but it's all about tricking the mind to recall the memory or to, to, to connect with that memory in a different way without all the trauma. Yeah, moving the perception or shifting the focus or whatever, yeah. So, um, and how early can kids or let's say the children who might have come through those traumatic births who might be holding things from that, how early can they get involved in tapping? Can mums tap their kids? Do the kids have to tap themselves? Like, can you work with infants or how does it work? Yeah, so a couple of things. Um, when I do the birth matrix reimprinting work with clients, we, we tap on all the people involved in the birth, in the specific um, trauma. So it could be the dad, the mom and the baby. Okay. Um, because often the dads will will see a lot more consciously than the mom because the mom's kind of in her own bubble and doing getting what needs to happen happen you know so the dads can also be be affected so the beauty of that work is so say you take this bubble you're going back into the this memory you are not jumping into yourself you're viewing it as a third party like you're you're watching a movie projection on a on a wall okay 
and we go in and we talk to mum, we talk to dad and we talk to the baby and we, it's like talking to their higher selves and finding out what are they holding from that experience? And then we tap on them to release it. So um, then the trauma is not just released for mom, it's actually released for the child. So say you're talking like a young, for your very young baby still. So releasing from the baby and releasing from dad. Um, tapping with children is like uh, in a physical sense is different. So I use it um, two ways. So with a, with a baby, for example, I had, so I did it with Josh as soon as I started my training, I was like, right, I'm going to start tapping on him. So if you took a baby and put their head on your shoulder and this is their back facing you now, you can tap with um, two fingers lightly, either side of the spine, up and down from the top of the neck to the bottom of the spine, back up again, gently. That is the equivalent of tapping on all of the points that an adult would on the adult points oh, that I just showed you. Okay. So I just know that Sarah, can, I, yeah. can I just stop you just for a second to clarify something because I'm not I just want to be clear that I understood what you said. Yeah. When you were talking about just before you went into talking about the baby, you were yeah. talking about when you're viewing the birth trauma, you're viewing it as a bubble and you're actually going into mom and dad and baby and you're seeing like what emotions they're holding and then you're tapping on all of them to release the trauma. Do yeah. you mean you're the woman is tapping on the 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 essence of the man, not like yeah. the man and the baby and the woman are there and you're literally tapping yeah. on. No, 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 it's it's all visualization. Okay. Like visualization, I have to, because I'm tapping coincides with it, but visualization is one of the most powerful tools we know in mm. to, to create change in the mind because the mind doesn't know the difference between reality and visualized. So really that's what we're trying to do here is, is remove the trauma, from and, and through all through visualization um and then and you see like the space that we're working in is it's it's called made the matrix reimprinting so it's called the matrix is the place that you go it's the places where memories are stored so if we if we could get rid of our concept of time and space and and reality in a way like it's as if we're just going in and releasing and helping that person. And like uh, my teacher talks of a session that she had with someone who where they tapped on the dad. And at three, he came home that afternoon. He's like, oh my God, uh, you wouldn't believe it. At half three today, I had to go into the toilet and I cried. And I cried and I had no idea why. And it was during her session. Oh, wow. She was doing some work on him. So the, the impact can be felt on the other people even though you're not physically doing it on the other people you're kind of doing it remotely remote healing remote healing, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i know that that sounds a bit mad but it works no, no i mean to, it, to us not probably yeah. to a lot of our listeners yes but genuinely to us not we've both been involved in those types of experiences and and and, and felt them and and i think like yeah once you buy into the i not the idea but the the reality that is you know that, that time and space don't exist. Um, and that's a really tricky thing for people. And it sounds very woo-woo and very hippie, but it's it's a fundamental fact. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're like, we, we, we like to think it. that, what? We have invented our concept yeah. of this linear, this time. linear time thing. And yeah. it's really unhelpful as well, because once you stop kind of treating it as linear, then you stop fearing death. You start seeing everything as cycles. Everything yeah. has a reason because it's going to swing back to the other thing. And, you know, it, it starts to make, it's like, I don't know, it, it, it's like, it's not like it's it's reversing snakes and ladders and making it into some sort of like I don't know some lovely kind of cyclical wheel thing. It, it just doesn't have the same impact and when you deal with like. But when you have I don't know when you're when you're dealing with 
people who like not everybody's willing to you know, tapping is a really useful tool, right? I, I can I can feel it already that it has, and, I, and I've experienced it as well. But somebody could want to engage in something that might support them in that way without necessarily being ready to, you know, being ready to do the work. Does that make sense? So how, I mean, that must come up for you a fair bit because I mean, like like most people, if they're looking, they're looking to go for tapping, they're going like, okay, I've had a car crash or I've had a, you know, I've had a, a trauma that I know can be helped with this. My friend has given me a testimony experience and it really works. So I'm going to go for this. But it starts to open, I'd say, a fairly large can of worms, doesn't it? Yeah. And one of the first things I do with people is actually, I don't really look at the necessarily the original experience that they might come to me with. I'm, I go back straight to zero to seven. What are the limiting beliefs behind this experience for you like how how have you brought that experience into your life what 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 was your experience as a child how were you connected to your mom and dad what is your ancestral trauma line what patterns are running in the family what diseases or behaviors or um, emotions are running in the family and how was your birth and like really i suppose you're right like that that could be um big for some people to have to go back to do that but I've not found a client yet that's gone, actually, no, I'm not ready to go there. You know, like, oh, good. Okay. I've not, I've made, maybe it's because I, the way I, I tease it out of them or something. I, I find myself like, I love being the detective. I love finding out why a certain situation has happened. I, I do believe that people will have a, um, a more difficult labor if they are a generally more of an anxious person from, you know and stemming back longer pre-conception if you know what I mean yeah yeah yeah. Um, big time. um so yeah I think I think when people come to me they're they're ready to release the thing at hand and then I do take them back back a bit deeper I do because it it actually doesn't stem at that original yeah that's uh, not the origin point of the trauma yeah, yeah it goes yeah. much further back and but but what I can say about tapping is and you know, so you might be aware of the term big trauma, small traumas, you know, so you've got these kind of like big traumatic experiences, like what we went through or a car crash, for example, and you've got small traumas, which are multiple repeated, usually starting very young around like, you know, mum not wanting to look at your paintings or that's crap, or, you know, try, try that again, your drawing's rubbish or your writing's not great, or, you know, you're not good enough, basically. And those things can be huge to a child, they, like, but repeated they are actually much more dangerous and damaging to you than a big trauma because a big trauma is actually quite easy to heal because it's a single event and you can go back and do the work and release it and everything but actually the smaller trauma the repeated the the ingrained i'm not good enough you know um i'm not worthy they are much not then they're not impossible but they are they're harder to heal they're diff more difficult to heal but when you're working the subconscious you're fast tracking that healing process by years you know i've had someone come to me who's who was in therapy for two years every week and he attended one of my ancestral trauma classes and the next day he had two major life-changing job opportunities like wow. the door just unlocked for him he there was something he was able to just see he was able to stand back and see the big picture and see it all come into place and think oh my god like this is bigger than just me and my life and my experience what's going on here is 
has been a pattern coming down the lines. How could my dad give to me what I needed when he never received it? Yeah, yeah, that's the you big know? thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, the, and the forgiveness and the the things that happen when you can let go of that and, and forgive and forgive yourself and forgive other people. Um, like life changes dramatically. I just see it like you're, it's a pivotal moment, you know. Sometimes these healings and these letting goes are just, you're literally stepping out of an old narrative, an old version of yourself, and you are now free to find what what you want to do in, in life. You know, we, we are conditioned and programmed to believe these things from, from so young and from our parents, from our schooling, from our religion, from the media, from everywhere. Uh, you know, we are not a blank sheet of paper. Unfortunately, we have a lot imprinted on us very early doors. And yeah, talking of ancestral trauma, I want to kind of get into that in a broader picture in a second, but just to bring it back to the kind of pregnancy and birth yeah. thing. Nowadays, people are talking, it's becoming a, a topic, the thing, ancestral trauma, like where maybe a few years ago, you wouldn't have even really heard that phrase. Now people are kind of more, more commonly aware of the phrase. Um, but when you come to birth, it's been a, a fairly established belief for a long time now that how your parents birthed you, like how your own birth was, is definitely going to affect how you birth and how your grandmother birthed affected how your mother's birth. And how your friends around you birthed and all of those kinds of things affect your perception of birth and your ability to meet birth. And certainly for me, working within the world of birth, it's such a, a really, really fundamental part of your pregnancy is to work out what are your beliefs around birth, how mm. to talk to your mother about how your birth was, how you were talked about your birth. And for me, the reason that I decided to have a home birth well, long before I got pregnant was because my mom had had two really traumatic births and she nearly died. Um, with both of us um, and I and I knew that for me and, and my friends that all up to that point had fairly tricky births too and I was like I knew that I had this feeling inside me like I'm going to be the one person who has that terrible birth like I just know it I'm going to be the one where it just goes real bad for and I really knew like this deep rooted feeling of I have to change this for myself and I don't have to change it just for myself I have to change it for the people around me so they can see hey, you can actually have like a beautiful birth that isn't a traumatic experience. And, and I did, you know, I had, a, I had a lovely birth and it took a lot of work. But can you talk into like, have you had people who've come specifically because their parents, their mom had a difficult birth and they wanted to change it and then they had a positive outcome or even further back than that? Is that something common that you've experienced? I don't think people are aware enough of that yet. From not mm -hmm. what I have, I have encountered. Um, what people don't realize is their own birth can have a major impact on them as much as what now as mums and our children and how that can be impacted on them, you know, and there's different traits that people like that would have from a cesarean birth versus, um, you know, a cord wrapped around the neck birth to um, coming out the wrong way, but, you know, or a, a withheld birth. Like sometimes babies are pushed back in because the consultant's not in the room and stuff like that. What is that telling the baby? So our babies are conscious and i.e. we are conscious when we are we are born um, and we will infer. So going back to the limiting beliefs or beliefs in general, they are created through experience and positive and negative experience will shape the version of the belief that we create. So if you're a baby and you're about to come into the world and someone's doing that to you because 
there's no consultant in the room, it's very likely the baby could think, I'm not wanted, mm -hmm. right? Because I've not been free to come when I've wanted to come myself. And yeah. so- and When you think about the fact that they're like at the start of their lives, when they haven't had any of the patterning and all they are is raw emotion, essentially, like raw emotion, a load of cells and like a cardiovascular system, like, you know, very little else is like imprinted on. Like if the first thing, you, you, you can imagine the impact of that, um, considering a like major your, trauma. Your entry to the world, mm. you know, sh should be like, you know, calm, easy, celebrated, you know, mm. beautiful environment, heralded, you know, like this like awe moment. And, and do you know that there's, um, mom receives a download of, of like basically how to be a mother after she gives birth like it's an incredible process and the baby's brain develops post-birth so there's a, the last part of their brain development which is really important develops just after they come out you know and so that experience can shape that development mm. if they're held in kind of fear then that's going to impact that part of the brain's development yeah. so they might be more heightened and aware or sensitive to fear or, or or have more fear around life yeah. in general and you think with all this like acceptance and understanding of of how trauma and the epigenetic effect of trauma on the body and there's lots of medical research around it you'd think that medicalized birth would have at some level started to embrace that and i what like have you seen a change in the time you've been working with mums in terms of what the hospital approach is to even your like your tapping approach or, or the, any sort of management nervous system management processes or well I can only talk from like my experience locally in my local so I've got two Brighton and Hove hospital here where we had Alice and then Worthing hospital and they're the, the trusts that were there in a very midlife midwife led and mm -hmm. very home birth um advocates so they'll always be talking to people trying to get them to have a home birth so um, we're quite lucky in that that respect. And, and when I went to Worthing, they had um, a home care midwife team. So I was luckily because of my previous experiences was given this midwife who would come to my house for my appointments. And it wow. was incredible. And she was part of a team of four. And then when I went into labor, unfortunately she was on her day off, but mm. they, one of her team came to me, but they, she knew everything about me. I didn't have to regurgitate anything. Like that's the thing I hated the most these paper notes, no one reads reading anything. You have to tell people over and over again, every single new person, what had happened before. Like you're literally rewalking that path. You're rewalking that story, mm. which doesn't do anyone any good. No. So yeah, I was very, very lucky there. And then, you know, I think in America, they are really behind in the, in the medicalized versus non-medicalized version of birth. And it's because it's of money. Certainly, from mm. what I've seen and what I what I um, there's a, a documentary you might be interested in. It's called like the the cost of birth or something like that, and it's around you know the 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 hospitals get insurance money paid out for all of the cesareans, for all the drugs, every single drug that they give the mom, mm. you know, all the pre and postnatal drugs, everything. So, I think they have a long way to go. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's so much more um, that can be done. But I think going back to your point, I think it's your belief about birth that is the key. Mm. And, you know, feeling safe, and allowing yourself to to be open and, and have that 
experience, whatever way it is. If, it, if you feel safe in a hospital environment, then fantastic. Take yourself to hospital and continue to feel safe. If you feel really safe in your home environment or in water, which you can do in hospitals as well, um, then absolutely do that. Like your priority during for pregnancy and birth itself is to feel safe and to trust mm. the people that are around you. So some people, you know, um, are able to pay for like private midwives or doulas or something where you can have a rapport with someone who you know you can trust who's going to be there to advocate for you because I mean we're off in fairyland trying to tune in or and go in within to 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 connect with the process of birth and you do kind of just lose your kind of awareness of everything going on around you so having somebody trusted in your environment is really key as well and yeah I I think tapping so for me tapping so take trauma like previous trauma out of it for a second tapping on anything that comes up for you in the moment or within say a day is is amazing and perfect for kind of pregnancy stuff so say for example you've had an experience with a boss that made you feel uncomfortable like very soon after that experience take yourself away and tap tap to release it out like don't be holding on to things don't wait for a couple of weeks and then say oh you know I'm still holding that thing and so I would I would use it as a very immediate self-regulatory tool to release those emotions as as soon as they come up and as soon as you can like deal with them basically Mm. and but when it comes to having a previous trauma or whatever I would seek support in doing that because you know going back to trauma can be traumatizing if it's not done in the in the right way sure and sarah um just to be clear you you also do because you helped me a lot when my son started getting anxieties at night time at the beginning of covid when everyone went into lockdown i know that a lot of it happened to a lot of kids that they started to get nighttime fears and it wasn't necessarily related to illness or anything it was just it came up that was how fear was manifesting for them yeah. and you showed me and, and some very basic tapping things that i could do with him and and kind of you know just within a few seconds you kind of taught me a way to to talk him through those emotions and to help him to put voice to those emotions. And I think, you know, very quickly, if I'm honest, I forgot where I was meant to be doing any tapping. (laughs) But I did remember the way that I was meant to help guide him to talk about his emotions and to help him reframe that for himself. And I found that even though we were probably completely tapping on the wrong points, even that was really helpful for him, just having the, the words and the permission and the space to give voice to how he was feeling without someone trying to fix that for him. And I think that's a really important part of the tapping as well. Yes. Yeah. It's around yourself validating that emotion. And if you can validate their emotion, that's, you know, that's a huge win in terms of the conscious parenting kind of world where you're not trying to fix it, but also you're empowering him to get in. You're teaching him a tool to help manage his own emotions. And I mean, he's only five, isn't he? Or, Six, yeah. Six, yeah. So, you know, that's that's a really young age to be able to, and a great age to be able to start, you know, mm. even just tuning in with what that feeling is. Like some kids don't have the vocabulary to understand what they might be feeling. So with with kids, so I told briefly told you about, about tapping on babies. So I used to do it um, you know, after a feed or something, because my son was had had colic. And as soon as I'd hit like a certain point in his spine, he would squirm 
and then often have a poo or a belch or a fart mm-hmm. or something. So like it was quite it was quite interesting to see every time I did that with him, he would have a little his 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 body would move. Um, right. And I used to also tap with him just on these three points, just really gently. Sometimes I just trace them, you know, like when he's in your arms mm-hmm. you and just literally trace these points, just stimulating that, that, you know, safety aspect for him. Mm-hmm. So when you've got a toddler or, or older, you can model the tapping um, or tap on them. So my son is five, but he, he likes me to tap on him now. He didn't at the beginning. Um, so I would tap on any point that I can access, but I wouldn't do the hand point. So I'd literally just be doing the, the head, the eyebrow, side of the eye, under the eye, the nose, the chin, and the collarbone points. So that's all I would do now with a, with a younger person. So you could tap on them, or you could get them to tap, which is basically you tapping as a mom or dad, tapping, modeling that behavior for them and talking about how they might be feeling like, if, you, if they haven't told you what they're feeling, you could say something like, oh, do you feel really, like if they've said, I feel sick in the stomach, say, so oh, you feel sick in your tummy? Yeah, and they're nodding like, okay, you f- I feel sick in the tummy. I feel so sick in my tummy. And then you could say, do you, do you know why you're sick in the tummy? And they might say, oh, you know, I had a fight with my brother or, or you, you, you gave out to me. And my kids like to say a lot. I don't like when you give out to me. <laughs> okay, so... You're sick in your tummy because mommy gave out to you. Yeah, okay, okay. So just just tapping literally, don't even need to say a lot because you're, mm. the signal is going to the brain as they're kind of tuning in to what's coming up for them. So really the words don't really matter. It's they're already in their emotion, aren't they? Like they're more living in their emotions than we are as adults. And equally, yeah. they're much quicker to let them go than we are. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. they... They, you know, one round of tapping might be enough to shift that energy for a kid where it could be five rounds of tapping for an adult to attend. And so if there's, if there are people listening who are pregnant, about to give birth or have a new baby and they are thinking they want to come and have a session with you to do tapping, what is something, is there some simple thing that they could try at home to feel how it might be? before yeah. they come to see you? Is there something that you could show us now that they could, everyone at home could just practice? And then will you be able to tell us about what your packages are and what people can access? Yes, yeah, sure. So, I mean, you could, the start of tapping is usually tuning into what you're feeling and that's done with a setup point. So you kind of, you're so saying- Which hand, so. Either hand. So tapping okay. is really forgiving. Like try to not get caught up on doing it right or wrong because you literally, you will be tapping on the points multiple times you some people like to do two hands one hand either hand like it doesn't matter okay and so with the setup setup statement you are saying it's the same construct you're saying even though i'm feeling anxiety about my upcoming birth i choose to love and accept myself anyway even though i'm feeling anxiety about my upcoming birth and i would say anxiety in my chest about this upcoming birth i choose to love and accept myself anyway and again even though i'm feeling this anxiety in my chest about the upcoming birth. I choose to feel love, uh, choose to love and accept myself anyway. So you're basically telling the brain, even though I've got all these things that are making me feel uncomfortable, that's okay. And I choose to love myself regardless of those things, you know, and that's a really nice statement as, as it, to start with anyway. And then so you simply tap the points and say, this anxiety in my 
chest, all this anxiety in my chest, such a heavy anxiety. And anyway, you could talk about how it makes you feel. So anxiety is making me hard to breathe. You know, I'm, not, I'm struggling to breathe. All this anxiety is making me struggle to breathe. I can't breathe. So you could just talk about how that's making you feel. And then eventually, so I'll just skip a little bit, but you'll, you basically say to yourself, okay, I choose now to release this anxiety. I choose to let go of all this anxiety now. Releasing all this anxiety. So here you're just squeezing either side of the fingernail bed. Just letting go of all this anxiety. Maybe the breath will go great. Maybe I don't need to be anxious. Maybe I can have a peaceful birth. I choose to bring peace into every cell in my body now. So you've, that's a very quick kind of run through of kind of the, the stages you go through with tapping is talking about the negative that you're feeling, then choose, you know, be a bit more neutral. So like, well, maybe I could have, what, what's telling me I can't have a good, a good birth? You know, what am I, what am I listening to that's telling me that? Or maybe I could have a really positive birth. Maybe I want to have a really positive birth. Maybe I'm scared I won't have one. Maybe it's the fear I won't have one. You know, so you can really just kind of mull it over in your head there. And then you, you get to a point where you go, well, actually I choose, I just choose now to release it. And you're telling your brain at this point, just let it go, turn it off, let it go. And that's where the, the shift happens. And then you can go into the positive mindset stuff. So you finish up with, yeah, I can have a positive birth. You know, I, you know, I can do this. I'm strong. I can be grounded. I can be present. I can be in this. We can do this together and more of the kind of birth, positive birth affirmation stuff. So you really have to clear the negative and then you can, you can plug in the positive. So it's like negative neutral. acceptance of where you're at, neutral turning around yeah. into positive. Exactly. Exactly. And Sarah, um, if there's someone who is thinking, okay, actually I tried that and that was actually quite nice and I'm interested in more. What are the, how many times would someone come and see you? What sort of cost might it be? It's okay to do it by Zoom. Can you tell yeah, us that? Yeah, so everything I do is by Zoom anyway at the moment. Um, so I have, usually I work in packages and usually three or six and three, um, say for someone who is pregnant if they came to me in the first session we would just start tapping on like the the current anxiety that they're feeling then then we might start to look at what their beliefs are so what is you know future thinking about the birth like what what might they need to clear and release and some of that might have come from their own birth okay so mm -hmm. that's when we would do that work where we go back and look at the early life and the um the mother bond and see was there is there anything that needs to be healed here and then the last session would possibly be about um, future imprinting. So this is like manifesting and visualizing the, the birth that they want to achieve. And you basically show it like a movie, you play it like a movie to the baby to show them kind of the run through, preparing them what's going to happen. And so I suppose it's a, it's a combination of multiple techniques. So there is tapping involved, there's tapping on the, the past. We use color as well to heal and then um, visualization as well. Um, if somebody just wanted to try tapping, 
just on kind of general topics potentially i've got the youtube channel with free meditations on there you could just search tapping for mums and right. just in january actually i have it kind of ready to go um i'm going to be doing a tapping club every two weeks so for half an hour kind of a drop in people can book and drop into a class where we're just going to tap on what comes up for whoever shows up so it'll be very mm. like come in tell me what you're feeling and we're just going to tap together and and release it and i'll put, probably put in some meditations into that and visualizations and stuff as well and um, so really wanting to start to help get help pregnant women just feel that safety feel that support and know and teach them that tool so they can use it in labor and they can use it beyond you know it's the aftermath and um, I was fortunate enough to be with my sister when she had her baby um, three years ago and I went into the hospital to see her the next day and I just tapped on her. We didn't even have to say anything and she just cried and, you know, it was very releasing for her and a great tool for to just have that support after going through something difficult. I mean, even if you don't even, if you're in the heightened state of post-trauma, just tapping the points, not even saying anything. Your body is going to know exactly what to do. Yeah. And and the tapping club that you're doing, is it just for pregnant people or is it for everyone? No, for pregnant people. So it's a pregnancy yeah. tapping club. Yeah. So mm -hmm. for all people, and I probably will do one maybe like a postnatal one, maybe every alternative two weeks or something. But that's something I'll develop next year. Just kind of for, for new moms and all the stuff that comes up, especially for first time moms, you know, it's, it can be yeah. very... Uh, yes very overwhelming so the yeah. overwhelm really yeah and yeah. you mentioned something to me before about a fundraiser that you're doing yes um so myself and another irish girl called laura doyle she actually was a client who came to me after she lost her baby beau um and she had started to write a journal and we kind of have got it now to a place where we are fundraising to create a charity journal to be given to women who have lost their babies at the point mm -hmm. of loss or just before. So, so for example, they might find out that they lost their baby and they now have to go through another step. Um, or it could be they've had a miscarriage and um, are needing some support as well. So it, it is a very much again an, an emotional support journal rather than like I think I believe what you get from and I'm sure what I've experienced too is very much like this is physically what's going to happen or you this is physically what is going you're going to go through but there's we felt there was like a big gap in the emotional mm -hmm. support and putting stories of other people in the hands of people so it's, it's it's got advice and you know really supportive kind of nurturing information about what you might be going through now and what's going to come next how you can support yourself and then we've got some stories in there of some people what they've gone through how they found it where they might be at now and then the second half is going to be a journal to write that baby story or to take notes if you're in this hospital still or to plan a funeral or whatever you want that space to be basically Ooh, that's, that's great. such a good idea brilliant to us, yeah really and we've we've spoken to a couple of mums and people who work in that area of loss yeah. infant loss um on the podcast and 
absolutely it's a it's, it's pretty under resourced you're kind of like you're 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 very very solo in that moment i think your your internal journey is it like a necessary internal journey as well no matter how much you reach out you kind of like it's if there's ever a time where having a journal or something like that you can actually look at and have in your own time and it would be yeah vital so great well done yeah, really good yeah. so how can people fundraise for that so it's um, called the other side of the door journal. It's kind of about kind of, you know, there is hope on the other side of that door. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we have a GoFundMe page and we've okay. got an Instagram page at the moment. We will have a website and Facebook, but we're still kind of really early doors. Um, but you can find, I suppose Instagram might be the first place to go. So it's there mm -hmm. and then underscore the other side of the door journal on Instagram. Okay. Okay. Perfect. We will put that link in. That's Sarah, fine. thank you so much for chatting with us and mm. sharing us your tools. And if there's any oh. resources or anything you want us to pass on to people, let us know and we'll add them in the notes underneath wow. as well. Thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate that this topic and these um, conversations that you're having are going to be so important for people, especially now when things are harder than they've ever been. Mm. So well exactly Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. We will, uh, I suppose, just sign off by saying thanks very much to our sponsors, uh, to Newsest, our fantastic nutrition partner, uh, to Clear Light Saunas. Uh, if you haven't, you must <laughs> put it in the savings bank and start to work towards it now because it'll suddenly treat you for the rest of your life and it's got a lifetime guarantee, so it will. Uh, and also to Swivel, our fantastic little robot that we film all these guys on. So thanks very much, Sarah. And uh, yeah, I hope to connect with you soon and very best of luck in the future um, and, and with the, the journal, et cetera, and all the work you're doing. Thanks so okay, much. Bye, everyone. See you bye. soon. Bye.